The first month or so of the NHL season has provided us with a handful of goalie duels within organizations, and a few of those goalie duels involve pending UFAs within the next year or so. Which ones will eventually lead to a changing of the guard, and which one should we take with a grain of salt? Episode 190 of the Lace Them Up podcast starts right now. And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. And we have got ourselves some goaltending controversies. And uh, Brett, we're going to start off with the Arizona Coyotes today. Yeah, well, first off, I want to... Well, yeah, so we're going to talk about the goalie duels and, um, and if they're going to be successful or not. Um, or like, you know, what's going to happen between them all. But yeah, yeah, we've noticed a couple of goalie duels um, uh, brewing right now, as they say. Um, and yeah, we have a couple of questions and stuff. So yeah, first we're going to start off with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, I do want to mention that Darcy Kemper um, had a, I think before the season, was it? He had this, like, he had a contract extension. Um, yeah, so the the, the, at the exact day the season kicked off, just before puck drop on opening night for the NHL season, he signed a two-year extension worth $9 million. So yeah. that's basically $4.5 million, and they're also paying Ranta over $4 million per season. His current deal is going to expire uh, when that uh, goalie free agency bonanza happens in 2021. So yeah. basically, they got four goalies under a contract of four plus million next year four goalies you mean two goalies or, or, sorry two goalies two goalies <laughs> and and they also have eric comrie ivan prosvitov and aiden hill in the system too and eric comrie apparently i'm looking yeah. at their cap friendly page they have eric comrie too yeah because they got him off waivers right? yeah yeah um so anyways like it, it's interesting here because uh anti ranta was phenomenal his first year in um in arizona where he had like a a 21 i mean he wasn't phenomenal but like towards the last half of the season he had like a he was like he really got going um yeah but like i was about to pull up his stats there but yeah he had like a 930 save percentage a uh and a gaa of a 2.24 um, although his win loss record was 21 and 17, so that's not as impressive, but still a 930 save percentage um, is incredible. Um, and then the next year he gets injured um, 12 games in, um, or he only plays 12 games uh, last year, and uh, Kemper kind of takes over. Um, and, um, I, I remember thinking like, okay, that's the end of the Arizona Coyotes like playoff run because anti-Ranta was a big part of their reason. But then Kemper pulls the same kind of stuff that, uh, Ranta does. Uh, last year he had a, a 925 save percentage and a GAA of, uh, 2.33, which is pretty similar and then he had a 27 and 20 and 8 record 
uh, for the rest of the way. Um, which, uh, like, the Coyotes almost made the playoffs uh, because of that. Um, and now um, Kemper has been starting most of the games. Um, he is uh, four and three and zero. Um, and his save percentage is 934. Um, and his GAA is 1.87. Um, Ranta also started off being injured to start the season. Uh, mm. But, um, hold on. Uh, something just happened here. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ranta all, was injured to start the season. But then, when he was healthy, he, he hasn't lost yet. Um, in three games, he's 2-0-1 with a 9.22 save percentage and a 2.62 GAA. Um, yeah, so it's uh, kind of, um, it's it's like now there's a full-blown um, goalie controversy here um, because both are playing well and all that stuff. Um, so I imagine that, you know, Kemper is going to eventually slide or eventually um regress but this is like a but still i think they're both gonna split time right now um and because they're both like when they're both playing well that's that's gonna be the coyote's biggest strength especially considering that they i mean yeah they have clayton keller and now they have phil kessel and stuff but they're not going to oh that's not like they're not always they're not really a high scoring team. So they kind of need both these goalies to uh, be on their game at the same time, which is why I think a, um, like they're probably going to split times 41 games a piece um, mm-hmm. because, because of that. And um, however, I, I feel like Kemper is more likely to regress Um and Ranta's more likely to keep this pace just because of experience, but, um, but at the same time, it's you know Ranta has a huge injury history, and we haven't seen what he's like at at a full season. So this could this could be beneficial for both of them. Yeah, very <laughs> pivotal season though for both of them because I think it also um, affects what they do. Um, even before the start of next year. Um, and and I'll, exp- I'll explain why in a bit, but taking a look at Darcy Kemper's monster second half, um, you can make the case it was even better than Ranta's second half from the year before. Um, and that's simply based on workload. Um, last year in particular, didn't really start off well for Darcy Kemper. He actually started the year 5-11-3. Um, Aiden Hill had a 7-4-0 record in 12 games, along with a 19, along with a 9-16 save percentage and a 2.36 goals against average. So before he went on this run, everyone was talking about Aiden Hill, like, you know, maybe he can kind of get us out of this mess a little bit and Darcy, you know, can come in you know, every third game and, you know, hopefully play decent hockey. And it was at that point where Darcy Kemper really started to get on a roll. On January 6th, this was around the time Jordan Bennington uh, was starting to quickly gain notoriety in the NHL. Uh, So January 6th, he has a 23-save shutout against the Rangers. Um, 
So from January 5th until the end of last season, he went 22-9-5 with a 2.06 goals against, 9.33 save percentage, five shutouts, and even had time to pick up two assists in the process. So he played a little bit of offense at times. Um, he only gave up more than three goals four times during that stretch of 36, 36 starts uh, from that January 5th run to uh, April 7th. Uh, to put things into perspective, that happened to him six times in his first 19 appearances. So he was really, really strong in the second half. And in 30 of his 35, in 30 of his 55 starts last year, rather, he had to face at least 30 shots. So he was tested quite a bit with the uh, Arizona Coyotes as well. As a team, Arizona had to play a team first game. They were, uh, in terms of goals against per game, they averaged the six fewest per game last year uh, from the early days of January where they went 22-14-5 during Kemper's second half madness. They also had the six fewest goals against per game and they didn't surrender that many shots per game either. It was an average of 31 in those 41 games. And they're special teams power play penalty kill wasn't doing it so at even strength they really really had to be strong they had to play a team first game and if you look at the nitty-gritty stats hits block shots they were third in hits second in block shots they were 12th in takeaways and posted the eight fewest giveaways out of all nhl teams from january 6 onwards so Yes, Kemper played well, but the team also played well in front of him, which is also a good sign if you're the Arizona Coyotes. You want a goalie that, when called upon, can make the big save, but you also need good team play, and they had good team play in front of Kemper uh, during that second half. What's also interesting about his run is that his remarkable stretch continued. Um, I don't know if you noticed, Brett, but to start the season, I think it was like his first six or seven games, he didn't give up three goals or more. It was always two goals or less. And he did that for the first six or seven games of the season. And that was a trend that started towards the end of last year. I believe it was March 21st or March 23rd where it started, where in his final six or seven games of last year, he didn't surrender three goals or more. So for basically 13 straight starts, starting late last season, carrying over to this year, he gave up two goals or less. Wow. Which, yeah, when that's... you consider, like, when you can forget the shots on goal, how many shots he faced per game, if you get a goalie that gives up two goals or less yeah. for, like, 13 straight games, that's a pretty good chance of winning for you. Yeah. Um, especially <laughs> you for think? a team like Arizona that, that relies on not giving up goals, right? Right, right. So uh, it's 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 just one of those things that really has, has put a lot of doubt in my mind about Antti Ranta's future in Arizona, especially when you consider that, one – Kemper played in 36 games, which is a lot more than what Ranta played when he had a really good second half, and he could play well on top of that. You know, Antti Ranta, as good of a goalie as he is, as good of a goalie compared to Darcy Kemper in terms of consistency, Kemper's had consistency issues. That's what's plagued him. It's not injuries, it's consistency issues. If Ranta is a more consistent goaltender when he's healthy, but he's not healthy, 
how valuable is he to your team if he's not on the ice? So that's where Antibranta hurts himself. It's the fact that he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And the question of whether or not Antibranta can handle a grueling schedule has me leaning towards Darcy Kemper here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, but I mean, I think they're mostly just going to, I think of the other, of the three that we're going to be talking about, I think um, the this two are like, these two are going to be the ones that are more likely to split time um, because they're both like relatively old and they're both, um, and they're both like, doing pretty solid right now but yeah they're, they're practically the same yeah. age i believe rant is 30 kemper's 29 yeah um yeah i mean i so i guess you're you're gonna give it to kemper just because he's hot right now or i i just don't know if ranta can carry the workload and until i see him in a healthy season playing out of his mind brilliant I'm leaning towards Kemper. Okay. Well, I do want to mention that some for as for uh, Kemper, because I do want to mention something. I mean, I know that he was like pretty young in Minnesota, but uh, at his time in Minnesota, he was not very good. Uh, I know. Yeah. He had a save percentage of nine ten and a, a two point six. So I mean, that GAA is not that bad, but like a nine ten save percentage isn't great either. Um, and a 41 and 34 and 14 uh, record. So just the factor of like seeing him in on another team like that just makes it seem like, okay, like the wheels are about to fall off pretty soon. Like, and I, I don't know if he's like an elite goalie that uh, we're making it out to be um, still. So um, I, I imagine that he'll like eventually, you know, be um he'll eventually like regress but it depends on when that's going to be um and stuff and it's not like ranta's been terrible either so yeah. um so i think there it could be like a good push for both of them in that sense maybe yeah um, que uh, it, questioning his talent level that's not what it's going to come down to for for anti ranta and this is yep. one of the goaltending battles where there is no clear-cut winner, even at the For end sure. of the season, it's still a coin toss because it can go so many different directions. Yeah. It can easily change in a month. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and there's nothing wrong with them splitting time either. If it works for them, it works for them. I remember a couple of years ago, like Brian Elliott and Jake Allen split time and they like ended up uh, doing well. I think, uh, I mean, Rask and uh, Halak have kind of gotten a, a bit of a... Um, I don't know, stand, like uh, gotten into a bit of a situation themselves, but they're both showing that they're both capable goalies at the same time. Um, you know, like splitting time isn't the end of the world, really. Um, Leonard and uh, Grice last year as well was another one. Um, so it's like, you know, tandems like that can work for teams. So as long as both goalies are fine with not being the starter goalie and it's more of a 1a 1b situation i think i think it's fine but yeah I, I'm, I'm just i'm just also curious with the two-year extension with kemper giving that much money to him after a fabulous second half i'm thinking 
how much faith do the Arizona Coyotes really have in Antti Ranta if they're yeah. paying their backup as much as they're paying Antti Ranta? A little bit more, like, too, yeah. yeah. How yeah. many backups make $4 million per season? But, like, at the same time, like, Ranta's, Ranta's making $4 million as well, I think, right? Yeah, he is. So, like, he's making the same amount as Ranta. It, it, it's just odd that you would that with two years left on Ranta's deal – you commit a two-year deal to Kemper and you give him roughly the same kind of money. It's it's just yeah. it, it, it's just kind of strange because you don't see backup goalies getting paid that much. It's yeah. almost like he's paid to be like a starter in the wings if Ranta falters. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Especially with all the prospects that Arizona has in their system with Aiden Hill, with Ivan Prosvetov, with Eric Comrie, you know, it, like – Who's to say Kemper is even the guy beyond these two years? Maybe it's one of the younger guys, and and Kemper just buys them some time. It's it, it, it it's just I think it's an insurance policy in case with the goalie bonanza in two years from now, if Ranta plays very well and he's overpriced and they can't match what other teams are offering. If Kemper's playing well, they're just like, well, we got Darcy Kemper. I guess we can go with him. Right. Right. Okay. All right, let's go to the second one um, here. The second goalie duel we have here. Um, we're going to go with Braden Holtby and Ilya Samsonov um, in in Washington. Um, it's funny, too, because, like, a couple of years ago, we would say, like, oh, Braden Holtby is, like, the, the like he was the greatest goaltender um, in the league. I think he won a Vezina. Let me look here. Um, oh, no, oh, he won a Vezina in 2015, 2016. Um, however, when you look at his stats, he's kind of, he's slipped the last three years. Um, in 2017, uh, 2018, uh, this was when, I think that, that was the Stanley Cup year, right? Um, yeah, uh, but uh, Grubauer was mainly the guy there um towards the end where like Grubauer mm -hmm. had to bail him out if you remember um yeah, and, and he and Grubauer started games one and two which yep. were both OT losses to Columbus and that's when they went with Holtby for game three and then he started to turn it on that's right um yeah. but anyways during the regular season he had a 907 save percentage and a 2.99 um but like compared to the previous seasons where he had like a 9.23, a 9.25 save percentage um, and almost a two goal against average, um, you know, it's not as, it's not, it's obviously not as good. Uh, last year he had a 9.11 save percentage and a 2.89 GAA, so a little bit better, but not totally better. Um, and now he's off to a terrible start um, in nine games that he's played, um, he has a save percentage of 0.886 and a GAA of 3.64. Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's not good. But he has won four, lost one, and uh, gone into uh, I got into an overtime loss or shootout loss of three times. Um, however... Uh, Ilya Samsonov, who the uh, the Capitals drafted in 2015 in the first round, um, so they he has a high pedigree in that sense. Um, but he's played in five games. He was he's pretty good in the KHL too um, when he was 
um, out there. But now in the NHL, he's he's kind of uh, been uh, been really good. Um, he's four four and one and zero, um, a nine thirteen save percentage and a two point four six GAA. So he's he's overperforming Holtby by quite a margin right now. Um, if you disregard the record. Um, oh, even the record stuff, he, he's been impressive too. But, um, so, like, they both, this is one of those ones where, like, Holpe has, um, has more of the experience, um, and more of the, um, you know, name recognition, um, at the moment. Um, but, like, you know, at the same time, Holpe's going to be a UFA next year. Um, and Samsonov's still on an entry-level contract, um, and there's quite a big difference in age. So I imagine, like, if Samsonov plays really well right now, this could be like a Carter Hart-type situation, or even a Jordan Bennington situation, where they can afford to lose a lot of their goalies because of the play of this um, this player. So I, I have a feeling that Samsonov could... Um, eventually become the starter of Braden Holtby um, in Washington, especially considering that Holtby is going to be a UFA next year. Um, and um, I don't see, and maybe the Capitals aren't going to be able to afford him because like if Bob Rofsky, who is a similar, who has a similar career to what Holtby has, um, is getting 10 million, there's no way that the Capitals are going to pay him $10 million, um, next, you know, in the coming years because they still have Ilya Samsonov to take the crease in, the, in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel like Holpe will still get some games in. Um, he's still like a serviceable play, a goalie, um, but I could definitely see like management saying like, Hey, you know what, let's see what this kid can do and, uh, start Samson off a little bit more, um, to see what, what they have in this guy. Um, because the, this is one of those ones where the future is very important because, because of Holtby becoming a free agent this year or this off season. Mm-hmm. And it, like you said, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. Braden Holtby is not helping his cause with the stats that he's put up. I will say that. However, with the cap situation, with the Capitals needing to re-sign Backstrom this year, Ovechkin next year, um, guys like Jakob Verana down the road, Tom Wilson down the road, giving Braden Holtby, who, by the way, is 30 years old right now, entering the prime of his career, the last thing you want to do as the Capitals is to pull a Paul Fenton and ink a guy in his 30s to a six-year contract and give him a bunch of incentives. Um, that's the last thing the Capitals need right now. So even if Sam Snob and Holtby are both playing great, um, that could be out of Holtby's control and the Caps might not be able to keep him unless uh, they're able to, unless he's able to like maybe not like take less money or the same amount of money as he is on right now, which his current cap is 6.1 million. If you look at Braden Holtby's pedigree, he recorded 20 plus wins 
before anyone really knew who he was uh, in 2012-2013. He did it again in 2013-14. The last two seasons, he's had 30-plus victories. And over a stretch of three seasons, he had a GAA, just taking a look at... uh, just taking a look what it is. Yeah, so from 2014-15 to 2016-17, that's a span of three seasons, he averaged 40-plus wins, a GAA between 2 and 2.25, and a save percentage over 920 per season. And 12, 21 of his 35 career shutouts to date came in that stretch too. So when Braden Holtby is on his game, he is absolutely a difference maker to a hockey club. Like, the Caps had a lot of offense there to begin with, but... You add Braden Holtby's goaltending on top of that, and it, it, it's it's obvious to see that he can be a difference maker to a hockey club. But the workload that he was under in some of those previous years, I feel, has come back to haunt him a little bit. Now the Caps are giving him enough offense to win a lot of his hockey games, but he hasn't looked particularly well. I will offer a bit of an asterisk to a couple of his starts this season yes the avalanche game three goals on three shots that's not a good look on him um but if you look at the following three appearances he stopped 41 of 44 shots against chicago he turned aside 32 of 35 against calgary he denied mcdavid's oilers 36 times from 40 shots so that's 30 to 40 mm-hmm. shots per game he's facing against a lot of very good offenses in each of those games, Washington's been able to salvage a point. And you can argue it's because Washington has enough firepower to keep up with those teams. But still, I mean, you've got a deadly top six for all three of those teams. That's a lot of talent for Braden Holby to face out there. So for, for him to hold the opposition to, like, three goals a night, it doesn't look pretty on the goals against. But when you consider how many chances he's facing with all that talent it's it's not particularly atrocious especially when the caps somehow um take the third most penalties and the second most minors in the league so far this year like that doesn't help hopefully at all when you're in the box all the time so i i think Braden holtby all things considered the stats don't look great but you know he can be better. He will be better. He started off rough last year. He'll get things back on track. I'm confident of it. The thing with Ilya Samsonov that I have a question with is the pedigree that Holtby has, but he doesn't, especially in North America. Because last year's AHL campaign yeah. with the Hershey Bears is literally the only season of hockey in North America that he has under his belt right now, minus his first four or five games of NHL experience this year. That's the only workload in North America we have to go on this guy. But you can see the potential there because you compare his stats to someone like Vitek Vanacek, um, who was in his third AHL season with the Hershey Bears at that time. He's entering his fourth season with the Hershey Bears now. Elias Samsonov's numbers as an AHL rookie were in terms of save percentage, goals against average, and wins, were relatively par with Vanacek. And Vanacek was in his third year in the AHL. Samsonov did that as a rookie. If you are under the assumption that every year he gets better, then absolutely you can see the hype with this guy. 
and you've got him under his entry level for another season yeah. after this. So that helps Washington's cap situation as well. Um, again, with the cap, I just think if Samsonov plays up to par with Holby, both are great. If Samsonov is keeping up with Holby and he's doing well, then maybe uh, the Caps go for a veteran backup, like maybe Jimmy Howard in the offseason to offset the loss of Braden Holby so that you know, if Samsonov doesn't play well, then they've got a guy with some NHL experience that can at least bail them out at less of a price than Holtby. But I just want to make sure before I part ways with Holtby that Ilya Samsonov is ready. And I can't obviously make that assumption within the first five games of his career. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure, but I can definitely see Braden Holtby moving on because he – He'll definitely get a max contract on the on the open market. Someone would be willing to give him a long term deal at upwards of seven million per year. I really do believe that. Yeah. But will it be Washington? I don't think so. I think if he stays with Washington, it's for a shorter term. Yeah, that's that's a I mean that's kind of what I said. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I will say though that for Samsonoff he uh, last night he had he let in five goals, uh, which was by far his worst game, um, and against Vancouver. Um, and then the the last time he played, he also won, um, but he gave in three goals, um, which was so like in the other his first three games he gave up two goals and then one goal apiece in his first two games. So um, maybe that's a sign that he's starting to slip a little bit, but um, yeah, you're, you're right. In the, I, I also looked at his AHL stats and his KHL stats while you were talking. Um, yeah, you're right. His AHL stats are not good, um, although his GAA is decent. Um, he had a GAA of 2.7 um, and an, a save percentage of 898. Um, and then in, in 37 games for Hershey. But then when you go to the KHL, which is, you know, has a pretty big, like, um, it's pretty, like, in terms of other hockey leagues, it's, it's like, one of, it's probably the best hockey league outside of the NHL-affiliated uh, leagues. Um, and he has, mm-hmm. he has, like, he ha- all the, all his stats in the KHL are, are phenomenal. Uh, 926 and a 2.31 uh, GAA in 26 games in the KHL um, two years ago. And then uh, three years ago, he had a 936 save percentage and a 2.13 uh, GAA in 27 uh, games. Um, so he's like, you know, he, he clearly crushes it in the KHL. And I feel like, I mean, obviously, you know, sometimes KHL guys don't always, it doesn't always translate, much like a bunch of different leagues like the CHL or the NCAA but like, you know that, like you're playing with a lot of like guys who used to play in the KHL or used to play in the NHL or you're you're playing with big boys you're playing with big boys and he's only like 22 years old right now, so it's like uh, so I Back yeah. As a teenager. Yeah. So like even if he doesn't do so well right now, it's like what he's doing 
Like, he has the potential to be, like, a Vezina-level guy for a couple of years um, and be one of the best goaltenders in the league with with how he has handled the KHL. Um, so, I, 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 but I, I can hear your reservations in terms of, like, not, not being so, like, I wouldn't trade Holtby right now, for instance, but um, I might be, uh, I, I would be more hesitant um, to, to keep him, um, um, because of how good Samsonov has shown, has shown he can be. Um, I, I will also add some asterisks to Samsonov's recent performances. That Canucks team that scored five goals on him yep. uh, has already scored five or more goals four times this year, which true. when you think of the Canucks, you don't think of a team that would be capable yep. of doing that. But, They've been uh, pretty good, it's true. Early on the season, their offense has been low-key pretty decent. Um, and uh, that, uh, st- that uh, game where he gave up three goals, that was against the Leafs. We all know how talented the Leafs are offensively. And in a, in a few of Holtby's games, the Caps have started off on the wrong foot. So yep. maybe part of that is the goaltending. Also, I think part of it has to do with the team play itself. And the Caps need to improve as a team. And when they do that, I think it'll translate into better outings for their goaltenders. So For sure. And I, yeah. I there. It's good that you talked about the Canucks because that's the next team we're going to talk about. Yeah, look at that. Um, and they also kind of have a similar situation um, I because I didn't realize this, but Markstrom's about to be a UFA next year as well. Yeah, um, same time as will be, yeah. yeah. And uh, pro- probably one of the cheaper options. For sure. Too. Yeah, uh, he's only, yeah, he's he's 29 years old. He's only making 3.66 here. Um, and uh, the thing, though, the thing with Markstrom is... Um, and then the guy that uh, is, well, and the, another similarity is like Demko and Samsonov have a similar um, career path. Um, they're both high draft picks. They both like killed it in their junior league. Um, although for Demko, it was in the NCAA. Um, and for Samsonov, it was in the KHL. Had de- decent AHL numbers, but nothing like spectacular. Um, and then... Um, and then in a van, and then uh, is now actually playing well in the NHL uh, right now. Um, so uh, let's start with Demko. Um, although I shouldn't mention that I think Markstrom was injured for a couple games, so Demko started a couple of those games. Uh, it, it was it was a it was a personal leave of absence okay. for Markstrom, and uh, yes, Demko started in three games yeah. while he was away. So this is a little different because I have a feeling that Markstrom is going to be starting like maybe 60 games still. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't see how the Canucks are going to give uh, Demko that many starts still. Um, but having said that, uh, Demko has been, had been unbelievable in the three games that he's played. He has a 943 save percentage and a 1.64 GAA. Of course, that's only three games, um, but he won two of them. Um, I believe one of them, oh no, and none of them were shutouts. So even that's even more impressive that he had a he has a nine forty three save percentage, but of course it's only three games, um, so he he could he could falter any minute now. Um, and then as for uh, Jacob Markstrom, he's uh, four two and one 
with a, a save percentage of 920 and a GAA of 2.53, which is also pretty good as well. Um, and I imagine, like I mentioned, I, I imagine that Markstrom's going to play most of the season uh, just because I don't think that, I think they want to like take their time with Demko or that's what I feel like Vancouver's been doing with him ever since they drafted him, um, where they're going to try to just like ease him in there and not try to force him to be like to put too much pressure on him. Um, and what he's shown so far shows that he he could be ready right now. But um, I don't think they're like w- the Canucks are a good team uh, now, um, you know, because they have Pedersen, Besser and Horvat are both healthy as well um, for the time being. So it's like this could be their moment. But um, I just wouldn't, I, I, I'd be hesitant to rush Demko in at the moment. I, I guess I, I mean, I guess I'm a hypocrite because I feel like <laughs> uh, the same, okay, the same can be said for Samsonov as well. But um, but I imagine, I, I, I just, I'm more hesitant to start goalies more often than not because I feel like they could, um, they could falter pretty quickly and then you're screwed. So maybe this will turn out the same uh, the same situation as uh, the Capitals with Braden Holtby and, and Samsonov because I have a feeling that they're gonna ride with Markstrom for most of the way or with Holtby for most of the way, but then um, like kind of in the middle, see what they have with their young goalies of the future. Um, and so far they've looked pretty good. Um, so yeah, uh, what what is your take on on this this goalie situation? Yeah, so Thatcher Demko, uh, like Elias Samsonov, you're right, the hype is real. Um, also, a pretty big goalie at six foot four yep. and 192 pounds. He's got a lot of size to him as well. Uh, 23 years old from the hockey hotbed of San Diego, California, and I say that because there aren't too many players that come out of the state of California. So right. um, that the little hint of sarcasm there, but. Uh, California is starting to get pretty bigger um, in terms of developing hockey talent because of guys like Thatcher Demko. If you look at his numbers with Boston College, it's insane how good it was uh, for Thatcher Demko. He played 98 games over three seasons, won 62 of them, which I don't know what you say to that. That's pretty good. Um, After save percentage around 920, GAA anywhere between like 1.7 and 2.2 like either way it's pretty solid Uh, goes to the AHL as a rookie has a 20 plus win season there in his second year he has 25 wins a 2.44 GAA and a 922 save percentage in 46 games and in that second year in the AHL only one other goalie faced more shots than Thatcher Demko so he was heavily tested averaged 32 shots faced per game and uh, played pretty well, obviously, for uh, the Utica Comets. Um, and then, of course, last year spent a bit more time uh, in the NHL after um, Anders Nielsen was uh, swapped to Ottawa in a late December trade. Um, this season, you're right, Demko's looked pretty good in, in the few games that he played. Uh, that game against St. Louis uh, really held his own. I believe he stopped 34 of 37 in a shootout win over the Blues. So, uh, good on uh, Demko there um, in the game against New Jersey they lost but he only gave up a goal in that one 
Um, the Canucks penalty kill as a whole is actually pretty decent. They actually have the third best penalty kill in the league right now. Um, and uh, Demko's turned aside 16 of 17 shots uh, with the other team on the man advantage. So uh, uh, from a penalty kill standpoint, uh, Demko's looked uh, pretty solid so far. Um, I definitely think you're right. He needs a bit more time to grow. And I think the way they manage his minutes maybe says a bit of what they think of Jakob Markstrom moving forward. And if you look at Jakob Markstrom, when he was entering the league, he had a lot of hype to him um, as an early second round pick with the Florida Panthers, but he, he was just a late bloomer. He, his career in Florida didn't turn out that great. He was traded to Vancouver as part of a piece in the reverse swap for Roberto Luongo. They, uh, the Canucks ended up trading uh, Luongo back to Florida. Um, right. And it was it was pretty interesting because that was kind of the last piece of info to close the book on the 1A, 1B punch that was Corey Schneider and Roberto Luongo. If you remember, they ended up choosing Luongo over Schneider, traded Schneider for Bo Horvat, basically. And um, as good as the trade looks now, back then, it was kind of a head-scratcher because Schneider was this up-and-coming goalie ready to hit his prime ready to do some damage with the new jersey devils and if not for injuries maybe he would have but um that's where the vancouver connect should be reminded to really choose their goalies wisely um the ottawa senators didn't it sort of cost them because ben bishop and robin leonard are both playing very well right now and um you, you look at um, the likes of Demko, you look at Mike Tipietro, who they also don't run a rush right away. He's in his first season of AHL hockey right now. So the more time you give him to season in the AHL, I think the better for his development as well. And that's where a guy like Jakob Markstrom could be a really good fit for the Vancouver Canucks at six foot six, uh, turning 30 in late January. He has a lot of untapped potential. Um, he faced an average of 32 shots per game this year, sits 14th in shots faced after seven games played. Um, but if you look at the last two years, uh, it's been even a lengthier workload for Markstrom too, um, especially last year. The guy faced, just taking a look at, um, just taking a look at his stats from last year, the only other goalies to face more shots at even strength, heck, more shots, period, than Jakob Markstrom were Freddie Anderson, Connor Hellebuck, and Carey Price. Jakob Markstrom faced almost uh, 1,900 shots. He was four shots shy of 1,900, uh, one shot shy of 1,600 even strength shots. Um, and he had a 9-12 save percentage on a Canucks team that didn't have JT Miller yet, on a Canucks team that didn't have Mikhail Ferland yet, on a Canucks team that didn't have Tyler Myers yet, on a Canucks team that was relying heavily on their rookie, Elias Peterson, to produce every night, relying on guys like Brock Besser and Bo Horvat, and still just grinding out wins with whatever goals they could muster. And in order to do that, Jakob Markstrom had to be at his best. And over the past two years, it seems that he just keeps getting better and better. And I think 
the only way that connects don't keep Jakob Markstrom is if Jakob Markstrom thinks he is ready for a bigger challenge, a bigger role, and a long-term deal. If it's a long-term deal, I don't think the Canucks give that to him. If it's a two-year deal at maybe like $4 million per year, I can see that happening. But if it's like a six-by-six six type of contract, he's probably going on the open market as a free agent. Right. I, I think he's the kind of guy that you keep around for the next two years, give Demko and DiPietro more time to develop as goalies, and then when it's time, you move on from him. But I think ultimately one of the young guys is going to take the reins in Vancouver within the next couple of years. And Markstrom is just the guy that quietly leads by example and probably moves on when it's done. That's that's what I see here. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention that Markstrom was actually pretty good last year, too. I um, believe he got a couple of Vezina votes. Yeah, yeah. He had, small, but he got yeah. a few. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it when you look at his stats last year, but I remember there was, like, a couple, like, he had, like, a stretch where, like, I think he, like, had, like, he only gave up one goal a game in, like, 12 games or something like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was nuts. Yeah, it was nuts. So, um, yeah, he uh, he is a good goalie for stretches, but, um, so I, I could see this continuing, but at the same time, I feel like... Um, it's hard to like. I feel like they'll eventually try to phase him out so that Demko can be the person. But again, I'm I am hesitant towards young players like that. So yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So I guess that about does it for us. Um. It's weird. I was about to say let's go to the rapid fire, and then I realized <laughs> that we don't do the rapid fire. Um. But yeah, that that about does it. Um. We're, uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, Lace Them Up. Our Facebook is Lace, or, wait, no, sorry. Our Twitter is, um, wait, I got confused. You can catch us on SoundCloud and iTunes um, with Lace Them Up. Our Twitter is Lace Up Podcast. Our uh, Facebook is Lace Them Up. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, I'm Brett Dubuff. I'm Steve Elser. We'll talk again in episode 191 of the Lace Them Up podcast. Cool.